welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday evening message. Today we begin a series entitled Shift. In this series, we will dive into God's Word and find a way to use the Holy Spirit to the maximum in our lives. Tonight I'm starting a series on this word called Shift. We're just going to talk about Shift. Shift. And tonight, the first week of this, you don't, need, you don't want to miss any of this. Because I think God's going to do something. This is our first Wednesday night, and, and, and I think God's going to do something with this series right off the bat. We're going to talk about a holy shift. Now, don't go to thinking negative and bad about that phrase, holy shift. That's what I said. Bring your minds into the understanding of Jesus Christ. The word shift is a good word. And we're going to talk about it tonight. You're pitiful, people. You're pitiful. My son-in-law, when he he came in the office, he said, you're preaching on what tonight? I'm going to preach on it for five weeks. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor. You may be seated. You're awesome people. I love you. I won't hold you long. I promise you. I won't hold you long. Thank you. Last night, prayer meeting was awesome, wasn't it? Wasn't prayer meeting awesome last night? We had a great time. You need to be involved in our first of the month prayer. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. And for all you folks that take time to come to prayer, I want to, th- I want to say thanks to you from the bottom of my heart. Tonight is part one of, our, of a series we're going to call Shift. We're just going to call it Shift. And our message the next few weeks... We're going to speak about a shifting, hear me now, in the Holy Spirit. Finding a way to utilize the Holy Spirit in our lives to the maximum. All right? Because many of us are living beneath and not above. Many of us are not receiving what God wants to give us by His Spirit. It's hard to continue in the flesh... Once you started in the spirit and we want to be a church that lacks nothing in our lives. And I believe God can do that. Now, let me, let me just kind of, let me just kind of take you through some shifts right quick. Some shifts. Calvary. Think about it. Calvary. You're a disciple. You're at the cross. You see the Lord Jesus die. Your heart is broken. You think, my Lord, I have, I've served him. I followed him. I thought he was going to be our liberator. I thought he was going to bring Rome down. I thought we was going to have a Jewish leader that would conquer. And here he is dead. You're heartbroken. But three days later, the resurrection. You're not heartbroken anymore. Now your mind is broken. It's a mind-bending situation because how can this man who was so dead on a cross, three days later, be so resurrected. That's what you call a shift. It's a shift. Or, let's go further, his ascension. He stayed with them about 40 days after his resurrection and he ascended. And then the angel said, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with powerful might. But he's gone now. He's gone. He's left them. That's really probably worse than seeing him die. He's left them now. He's gone. 
And they go back and they wait in an upper room or on Solomon's porch, however you want to preach it, that's fine with me. They waited, they tarried for about 10 days. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes. And he is falling on each of them and they all receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Do you read that in your Bible? So here's what I'm saying. All of a sudden he's gone. Wow, sad. Don't weep. 500 were commissioned to go. 120 showed up. 380 decided it's too sad to go and tarry. But 120 went and they found the shift. They found the spiritual shift. So God wants to fill our hearts to an overflow like rivers of living water that he spoke about in John 7. Numbers chapter 11 is our text tonight. Look up on the screen. Now wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. And it brought them down all around the camp to about three feet above the ground as far as a day's walk in any direction. So how many miles can you walk in a day? Maybe 20 miles. That's a day's journey. Maybe 15. You could read this like this. God shifted the wind. Say it. God shifted the wind and brought quail in from the sea and caused it to fall in their camp. Wow. A little background on this scripture. Israel was in a long extended journey through the desert like wilderness en route to the promised land. And they all had to eat every day. And every day all they got was manna from heaven. Manna means simply what is it? Well, it was a little coriander seed that looked white and it was perhaps full of protein and full of vitamins because I know God took care of them. And it tasted like honey when they came out of Egypt. Before they went in, it tasted like oil. So God changed their taste in the process of wilderness living. But after a while, the people got tired of eating bread. Jesus even said, man shall not live by bread alone. And they started complaining to Moses. So Moses went to God with it and God said to Moses, Moses, I'll be happy to give you some meat. And not just for a day or two, I'm going to give you 30 days of meat. 30 days. Boy, this is tough, folks. This is good, this is good stuff. You're going to love these lessons. The reason this was hard for Moses to believe was that he was not exactly in what we call meat country. He was in the wilderness. And there were two and a half million people. And they were fussing every day. And even if they butchered all their herds, it wasn't enough for 30 days of meat. It wasn't enough. So what does God do? God shifted, oh, I love this, the wind. And he brought quail in from the sea. And when the people woke up, there was fresh quail all over the ground, three feet deep as far as a man could walk in one day. Ready to be gathered and ready to be eaten. A wind set in motion by God swept quail in from the sea. They piled up to a depth of about three feet in the camp, a day's walk in any direction. And all that day and all that night into the next day, the people were gathering the quail, huge amounts of quail. Stay with me now. Even the slowest person among them, the Bible said, gathered 60 bushels. Boy, you're talking about game wardens going crazy. (laughs) They spread them out all over the camp for drying. You could think of this as a holy... Everybody say shift. God shifted everything. He just turned it around. The only thing that I could ever 
put into words that was kind of something like that. My grandfather was, my grandfather Tatum was a tremendous farmer. And when I was six, seven years old, I used to ride on the back of his cultivator. And he had me a little seat back there. And I had a little hook in this hand, a little hook in this hand. And, and, and when the, when the cuckleburrs would get on the plow, I, it was my job to unhook those cuckleburrs and let them go out. I, I rode on the back of a plow behind a tractor for hours at a time and I'd get 50 cents a day. And uh, sometimes he'd forget to pay me. But he also had a wheat field. And one day a, a, a fire broke out in, in, in western Oklahoma and, and it got over into his field. It got over into his field. And it was unbelievable how that field was being taken in by that fire. It was a dry time and it was just, I mean, it was kind of like Bastrop was a couple of years ago. It was unbelievable. And the wheat was burning. And I'll never forget as long as I live, my grandpa was a faith man and he got down on his knees in his field and said, God, you've got to turn this wind around. I'll never forget it. I was a little old kid. It hit me. When I was studying for this, I said, my granddad prayed this one time and all of a sudden the wind just went from another direction to another direction and God gave us a shift. And it blew it back across the road to an old pasture that didn't have anything in it and we got water and we got these tow sacks and we pounded the fire that was already there out but the wind was blowing it the other direction. It wouldn't let it come into the fresh, 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 fresh field. Here's what I'm telling you. God knows how. God knows how to give you a holy shift in your life. He knows how to do things for you that you can't even imagine. And here's what I want to preach about tonight. Here's what I want to say. Is there anybody in this house who could use the first of the year a real old-fashioned holy shift in your life? Maybe things are burning up in your house. You need God to turn that wind from another direction and drive that fire another place. And God knows how to do that. I don't want to get excited tonight because my voice is not good enough to get excited. But boy, I'm feeling preachy here. The same way God shifted the wind in the wilderness that day, all God has to do to create a shift in your life. And watch this now. You go from survival mode to more than enough mode. You can go from the back to the front. You can go from sickness to health. You can go from poverty to plenty. You can go from weakness to strength. Because that's the kind of God that I preach about and I serve. It does not take God 12 months to heal somebody's mind or spirit or body. It does not take God all day to fix somebody up. I've often said, hell can't put something on you in a day that my Jesus can't take off in the same day. I am tired of hearing people say, you know, I got addicted one day to something and I've been trying to get off this addiction for a long time. I'm talking about a holy shift tonight. That God Almighty, when you start believing that God can do anything, he can take that addiction out of your spirit just as fast as hell put it in your attitude. God knows how. Don't give hell more victory than you do Jesus Christ in your life. I'm going to preach a little. So as we begin this series tonight, I want to encourage you to do four things. Number one, I want you to believe bigger than the current conditions in your life. Get your faith outside of your conditions. Get your faith bigger 
than your conditions. Well, pastor, it's hard to do that because we, we don't have any food at our house right now. We, 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 we're having a tough time. January is a tough time for a lot of people because it is wintertime and there's a lot of folks that work outside. There's not a lot of work right now. And uh, there's people that are landscapers in this building and there's not a lot of lawns to mow right now. And there's a lot of things that's not going on right now. And money could get scarce right now. But, oh, when the spring comes, we're blessed. But I, I want to preach this right now. I want to tell you God can give you a holy shift right now. He can absolutely turn your world inside out right now. He doesn't have to wait for the spring to come. He doesn't have to wait for the summer rain to come. He doesn't have to wait for the fall, autumn leaves to blow. He can do something for you right now. You need to believe bigger than the current conditions of your life. I don't know what size faith you have in your heart. I don't know. You might have a pint-sized faith. You might have a gallon of faith. Or you may have a front-end loader full of faith. You may have a dump truck full of faith, a two-ton dump truck. But chances are, whatever level you have, God has something for you that is waiting just beyond the level of your faith right now. Now, I want you to get this. You ready? Put your, put your hand up on your ear like this. Everybody say, faith, faith. Comes, by hearing, comes by hearing, not by seeing. Not by seeing. Faith, comes by faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want you to turn up your hearing aids. And put on your shades if you have to, because I'm tired of you looking around and seeing how bad it is. I want you to start listening to how good God is. This year, it's time to quit looking and saying, well, I just don't see a way. You'll never see a way. But somebody can preach you to a way. Because faith doesn't come by what you see. Faith comes by what you hear. Hallelujah. Here. And I want to declare to you tonight, God can do anything right now. He can give you a holy shift in your life. He can do it. He can do it. So, so, I don't want to just give you words of knowledge. I don't want to give you, and, and, and there's some knowledgeable things going to be said here tonight. But words of faith that will break barriers that will break through situations in your life. There's no sense in being living in the same level that you lived five years ago in your faith. Has, has God done anything for anybody the last five years that you can testify to? Anything? Listen to me when I talk to you. It's not what you see, it's what you hear. And the reason I'm being so distinct with that tonight because there's a lot of new people that don't understand the Bible like a lot of Bible scholars in this house. But you've got to hear somebody preach the word of God to you. I'm preaching you from Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And before God shifted the wind, Moses was trying to reason things out of his current frame of mind and God asked him a question. He said, Moses, is my arm too short that I can't reach where you are? Oh, God, you can fix everybody else, but you can't fix me. Which basically means, Moses, reconsider the level of your faith based on my power and based on my promises rather than on the current condition you're up against in your life. I want somebody in this house tonight 
to walk out of here saying, you know what? I'm going to believe that preacher for the first time in my life. On this first Wednesday night, I'm going to walk out of here saying, I can be what he said I could be and what God says I can have. I'm going to claim it. I'm trying to give you a word of faith here tonight. I'm trying to tell you, God's let me be a faith healer in this house tonight. I'm not going to lay hands on you and ask God to heal you. I'm a faith healer. I'm trying to heal your faith tonight. I'm trying to get your faith to a point where you will absolutely, no matter what the current condition of your life is, you will believe God for anything. Immerse yourself in this idea that God has a holy shift with your name on it. I'm going to ask you to set aside your reasoning and your worries and your questions and join in with us over the next few weeks and saturate your mind with God's promises. And I preached it several months ago, but ever say God's promises are yea and amen. Say there's no nay with God. Amen. Say there's nothing too hard for him. There's nothing he cannot do. I'm going to believe that. I'm going to receive that. I'm going to live that. No matter what my current condition is, I'm going to trust that. Tap your hands real big. The second thing I want to preach is simply this. A holy shift can cause favor to come from unlikely, even distant places. I've seen it happen for several times for me in my life. I don't know if you know it or not, but I have a job that I walk by faith. There's nobody here paid to give money to this church. Everything you do is voluntary. This church could shut down in just a little while if you just said, you know what, I'm not going to bless the church anymore. That's the kind of life I've been living for 45 years. And I don't talk money. I'm not going to talk money tonight. But that's how I am and that's where I live. But I've trusted God all these years. And God has never let us down. Some of our greatest blessings... Patty and my, some of our greatest blessings have come from faraway places. When God is ready to send you meat, he can go out to the ocean and turn the wind around and bring quail and put it right at your feet. The largest financial gifts many times we've received in our years of pastors have come at the lowest times in our life. When I needed God. I need $10,000 to pay this particular thing. I, we, we've, got a, we've got this huge bill that just came in, and it's a, it, was a, it was a bill that we weren't even looking for. It wasn't expecting. It was something that just happened, and somebody made a mistake, and we needed some extra money. And, and the same day the bill came in, a $10,000 or $11,000 check would come in and say, I'll cover that. We had one of those hickeys right here in this church just, a, just the other day. Josh will tell you, just the other day. Our electrical people just messed up. And if you work for the electrical company of Austin, you need to fix that. (laughs) They messed up. And we got this huge, huge bill, this massive bill to our church. And when I say massive, I'm talking massive, over $20,000 at one time. It happened right here. Josh, stand up. Rave your hand if I'm telling the truth. Yeah, thank you. And I said, God, (laughs) hee hee. 
We need a little help. We could have paid it, but it was going to stretch us in other areas. When you're used to paying $4,000, $5,000 a month for electricity, and all of a sudden it said, oops, we made a mistake, but we're going to make you pay right now. And all of a sudden, the mail came in. And it wasn't a tithe check. And it wasn't an offering check. And it wasn't even from y'all. It was from way out yonder. It was... <laughs> it was from the same city that had built us. They sent money to pay it. Am I right, Josh? They sent money to pay it. And I said, Josh, go pay this bill. It's kind of like Peter said, Lord, how are we going to pay our taxes? He said, go catch a fish, son. There's going to be a coin in his mouth and go pay your taxes. Sometimes when you get these massive bills and you don't know why they're coming, just look up and say, God, I need some quail from the sea. Come on, Lord, let them come in. And God Almighty will give you a holy shift in your life. He'll do that. You got to trust him. You know, I'm going to preach a little bit now. I'm just going to preach about the faith that I've lived by. When I, when I went to the church in Derrida, Louisiana, there had, been a, there had been a tremendous moral failure. When I say moral failure, it was massive. And the church had gone from about 600 people to about 200 people when I walked in that door. And they came back to vote me in as pastor and there was more than 200 people that voted me in but there, it, it had really dropped and the, and the finances were absolutely out the window. And I've never told this. And the church was struggling. They didn't tell me that when I went and tried out for it. They said, man, you're our man. We'll take care of you. And in my first year there, 1987, I'm sitting at my desk one day and and. I'd never preached shift. I'd never preached a holy shift, never. But I've lived a holy shift in my life. A man walks in, he said, Pastor, I got blessed. Oh, really? Yeah. I want to give you $83,000 today. When he picked me up <laughs> off the floor <laughs> with some water, I... Uh, I think I was speaking English. I don't know. I think I might have been speaking tongues, but I said, my God, thank you. He said, oh, man. He said, there's more. So I sat there, and the first thing I did is call Patty. Patty, you're not going to believe this. This man just walked in and put $83,000 on our desk right here in this church. Patty, we're going to be able to whew, live a while. The next week. The next week, oh, you're not hearing me. The next week, I never talk money in the church, but I'm talking money tonight. The next week, a man came in and he said, Pastor, I got something for you. I think it's going to bless you. I got some ties. I got a settlement. I got some ties. I said, well, and I grabbed a hold of the desk. And I said, all right, bring it on. $200,000. This time I was smarter. I didn't fall out and pass out. I jumped up and grabbed him and we danced all in that office. 
He said, I don't believe I've ever seen anybody prouder of something in my life. I said, sir, you just don't understand. You don't understand. I took a hold of a church here that looked like it might be going under. And now we're going over. This was more than two-thirds or three-fourths of our year's budget was given to me in one week. Do you think that God knows how to make a divine shift? I know it sounds funky because I'm talking monetary things, but I'm telling you, if God can do that with greenbacks, he can do that with badbacks. He can do that with health. He can do that with healing. He can bring a divine shift in your life. And it don't take him all day to do it. The sad part about that thing is I never saw either one of those guys again. One of them moved to Texas and the other backslid. But before he backslid, he gave us a quail or two. Because God knows how to cause the wind to shift and bring quail in from the sea. I don't think stuff like that just happens. Patty and I, since we have been together and before I ever married Patty, we'll be married 33 years this March. Isn't that neat? Boy, she's blessed me. She's been such a blessing. But we have tithed every dollar and we have that we've ever received. We have tithed on everything. We tithe. I think the only thing we didn't tithe on was our dog food for our dog. We let her have it all. The Lord took her out of here. But we made a habit. Hear me now. We made a habit to honor God and to be generous. Now, let me just stop right here and just say something. If you want God to give you some divine shifts and some holy shifts in your life, you've got to be honorable. And you've got to be, you've got to be faithful. You can't just play this game of, oh, God, I'm in trouble now. I need to be bailed out. You got to be here. You got to love God. You got to get up every morning and say, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm about. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. This is what I'm about. And, and when that offering plate comes by, you need to drop something in instead of trying to take something out. You need to bless the kingdom of God because I promise you, when there, when there comes a time when God can, He will cause the wind to shift and bring some quail in and dump them and say, eat up, boy. You've been a blessing and I'm going to bless you back and you won't even know where it came from. That's how awesome God is. When you're, in, when you're a tither, you're in covenant with God. I've said enough about that. That's all I'll say till next year. But a holy shift, number three, can end a season of waiting and make things happen faster than normal. Say amen to that. When I came to Austin, I was ready to build a church a whole lot longer before the church was ready to build a church. When we didn't even have enough people, I was ready to build a church. I never told anybody this, but money would come in sometime from unexpected places. It really would. And I asked Patty one time, I said, where's all this coming from? I don't even know these people. She said, well, do you think I know them? (laughs) And even now, even now, this church defies all the odds. Defies all the odds. 
because our benevolence program is so massive in this church. We help so many people. But the barrel has never run dry. There's always meal in the barrel. There's always help for somebody else. Can I preach to you a little bit right now? And it was so difficult because we built this church in the aquifer zone. And it's so difficult to get a permit where we are. But this building wasn't here when I came. And that building wasn't here when I came. And that parking lot wasn't here when we came. And we're way over impervious coverage. Don't tell anybody that works at the city. We're way over. But we got a permit for all of it. Because God Almighty does things faster than what you could ever imagine the normalcy of life would be. We got this church up and going before our neighbors could even protest. We got a, we got a building permit to build this church before you could hardly blink your eye. We weren't supposed to get one. But we had the getter that went to this church. He was the getting man and he went and got us a permit. In fact, he bought us a baptistry before we ever laid the foundation. That's funny. I don't care who you are. We had a baptistry out here by a building. And I said, what did you buy the baptistry for already? Now, don't tell the guy I preached about him. He's not here. But I said, what you? He said, well, we might need to baptize some people while we're in the motion of building a church. Well, that's a good answer. But we had this church up. And one day I was at the front door and here come a neighbor. And when I tell you she came in, if she'd have had a broom... I could have called her Broom Hilda. She was after this. She said, what are you doing? She's screaming at me. She's right here at my face. What are you doing? What are you? She used the word I-D-I-O-T-S. What are y'all doing? What are you nuts doing? I said, ma'am, we're building a church. She said, who gave you the right? This, ain't, this don't happen around. Who gave you the right? I said, the city. The city. She said, I'm going to go see him. I said, ma'am, I wish you would because I really have had enough of your voice today. I'm telling you stuff I had never told in this pulpit. But I'm starting out a brand new year because I want you to know something. This church was built before hell could even react. I'm talking about a holy shift. All of a sudden, God. And then when we got ready to build this building over here, we hired a man named Bill Palmer out of Houston. He hired a man named Joe Christian who goes to this church. And Joe Christian and Bill Palmer had that building up over there in 153 days. And our neighbors couldn't even hardly inhale before we was already having kids over there saying glory, hallelujah. Here's what I want to tell you. You don't build a church of 22,000, 23,000 square feet in 150 days. You don't do it. You don't start from scratch and have it finished in 150 days. But we did because I'm going to tell you why. When God gets ready, when God gets ready, when God gets ready, people unexpectedly are going to help you. People are going to come and it's going to be faster than you ever imagined. And you know what? Get ready, folks. Get ready. God's going to have something brand new for us before you can bat your eye. Because this is a year. This is a year of ambition. This is a year that says, God, we believe you can do anything. We believe you're able to do anything. And anything means anything. I have had so many people write, call, text, and say, Pastor, it's coming. God's going to give us a, a shift. God's going to give us this thing. Something's going to happen. Something's going to break loose. And before we know it, we're going to go from a church that will seat probably 850 people right now 
to a church that probably will seat three or four thousand. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know it sounds like, I sound like this wind. I sound just like wind. But faith cometh by hearing. I can't see that yet, Pastor. You don't have to see it. Just believe it because God's got his hand on us. Amen. See, when you shift in a car, I've got a buddy in this church that has hot rod cars. And he has got a, he's got a viper right now. His name is Mark Clearman. I'll just, I'll just give you his initials, MC. It's Mark. Mark's sitting in the crowd today. But he's got a car that when you shift from second gear, third gear to fourth gear, you're not running the same speed. That car will get from here to there before you can blink your eye. It's one of those holy shifts. And old Mark, I love the fire out of him. He's one of my dearest friends, and I'm preaching about him. But he'll pull up to a red light and just tease somebody. They don't want none of him. One of these days, he's going to do that. And Donnie Do-Right's going to be over here in the woods. And I'm going to be riding with him. And I'm going to say, Mr. Policeman, get that guy right there. He... But here's what, here, here, here's what happens. When you shift from second gear to fourth gear in a car like that, the car is not working harder. It's just going faster because you're shifting to another gear. You're shifting to a higher ratio. And that car used the same RPMs can propel the car faster down the road. And when you get to sixth gear, oh, you can get on it. And the car is still not working any greater than it was when it was in first gear but it's just going faster. What I want us to understand is that every time we shift a gear this year in our life, in this shifting process and saying, God, I'm going to trust you for this. I'm going to second gear. I'm going to believe you for this. I'm going to go to third gear. I'm going to trust you for this. I'm going to go to fourth gear. Before you know it, you're moving at breakneck speed and God is doing things right and left for you and you're not stuck in low gear trying to get up some mountain every service, but you're going down the highway saying, God's got his hand on my life and God's touching my family and God's blessing my family and God's touching my home. Listen to me. Don't you walk out of any service and say, God can't do anything. You walk out of this service and say, God can't do anything. God can't do anything. God can't do anything. God can't do anything. Come on, shift yourself. Get that thing shifted and go. Go, 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 go. Lord Jesus, I feel good tonight preaching this. See, in the same way when the holy shift comes in your life, you will go farther, faster, not because you're working harder, but because you're experiencing a divine shift in your life. And you're believing that God can do anything. See, I, right now, so much has happened in my life, I believe God can do anything. I believe that a million-dollar check is going to come to this church. I believe another $2 million check is going to come. Where's it coming from? I don't know. But I just trust God. Because God can do anything. 
And I don't preach about money, but I thought I'd just share that with you tonight because God has blessed people in our church and in the church that I've pastored, and we have seen great, great growth. And I'm telling you, this church has a dimension with God in faith that a lot of churches do not possess, and God's not going to bypass us. He's not going to walk past us. He's going to bless this congregation. We're going to be a blessed congregation. This is going to be a blessed year. This is going to be a blessed home. You're going to have a blessed family. You're going to have blessings on your job. You're going to have blessings in your school. You're going to have blessings in your health. I believe that. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I believe that. Woo! So you're doing your best. You're doing your best. You're being your best. You're staying faithful. You're trusting his promises. And it's like your momentum picks up and you're in the fast lane surging forward. That's what wants to happen. God wants to do that for you. Because a holy shift can end a season of waiting and make things faster than you ever dreamed possible. And the fourth thing, and I close tonight. The goodness of God goes beyond sustaining us to blessing us. How many of you have ever been sustained by the hand of the Lord? Come on. Come on, lift your hand. I'm not even looking. Just lift your hand. You've been sustained by him. Some of you remember those tough times in your life. All of us have had those tough times in our life. And you remember them. But don't exempt yourself from a holy shift by thinking that you're not in a desperate mode in your life right now. Stay with me now. Or a survival mode in your life. Don't count yourself out because you're doing good where you are and there are people who are more desperate than you are. Stay with me. Because God wants to do more than just sustain you. He wants to bless you. And I need to start preaching more like this. I'm feeling plumb good. God could have said, be content with the bread. Because I'm God and I give you that bread. But he said, I'll create a shift that will give people meat and plenty of it. God wants you to eat the meat that he has for you. It's not good for man to dwell by bread alone. It's not good. Man cannot dwell. Man cannot live on bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God's goodness is not just for sustaining us. Everybody say, he's a God of blessing. He's not just the God of enough. He's a God of more than enough. More than enough. More than enough. And this is more than just Dave Ramsey preaching right now. But I'm telling you. That God is able to do exceeding abundantly above that we're able to ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Philippians 4.19, Paul said, My God shall supply all your need according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then say, it says he will supply our needs, Pastor. And then they make an argument that God is not interested and has not promised to give us more than what we have to have to survive. God is for you more than just causing you to sustain and survive. God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed. Don't get scared. I'm not going to take up an offering after church. I don't do that. But he wants you to be blessed. God don't want to just sustain you. He wants to bless you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He wants to bless you. And then he says, 
And then people say, that's not consistent with God's nature and his promise. Yes, it is. It's consistent. You can define your needs as being what you need to survive, or you can define your needs as what you need to thrive. We need some people to start thriving. We need people to have their lives so blessed that they can start being a blessing. To buy homes, to give good things to their kids, to send their kids to college, to give and support God's work on this earth. We need people more than just surviving in life. We need people to thrive on the goodness, the grace, the favor of God. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Favor is not on a person. It's on a path. God's path. Favor is on a destiny. Favor is on a purpose. And when you get up in the morning and you walk God's path and you walk his purpose, you're walking in favor. And God's going to bless you with that favor. You get up in the morning, you're grumpy, you're mad at the world, you act like nobody's your friend, you act like nobody cares for you. I don't know if God wants that on his path. This is the day the Lord's made. We're going to rejoice and be glad. I said it to my staff and I'm going to say it to you guys. I, I wish you'd start a new, a new something in your home this year. Stand to your feet, would you? I wish you'd start something new in your home this year. I really do. Here's what I wish you'd start. You ready? Have I told you lately I love you? I ain't told you in 2015 I love you. I love you guys. I love you guys. And I'm so privileged to pastor you. I'm so privileged. But let, let me tell you what I, I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you. You okay, buddy? I thought somebody just gave Randy a $50,000 check and he passed out. <laughs> hey, here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to get up in the morning. How many of y'all get up in the morning? <laughs> no, some people get up in the afternoon, you know. They work all night. There's people who go to work when they leave here and they'll have to sleep tomorrow. And I thank you for being in church. But let, let, me just, let me just tell you something. When you get up in the morning, if you get up at 6 with your coffee, with Folgers in your cup, with Starbucks, whatever you do, I wish you would take 10 minutes, 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, Everybody in this building, just 10 minutes. This is, this is my New Year's wish for you, just 10 minutes. Just give God 10. Just give him 10. Not 10 push-ups. No, I'm not talking about that. Give him 10. You know how long, it, you know how long 10 minutes is? It can happen real quick. It's a holy shift, but it'll bless you. 10 minutes is all I'm asking. Get up in the morning, raise your head up, look up, because... Your redemption is up. Look up. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light in whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Look up. Everybody say, look up. And start praising your Father. Start magnifying the God of heaven. Amen. Start blessing the Almighty. Come on, start blessing Him. I will bless you today. My hands will bless you today. If, you, if your wife makes fun of you, your kids make fun of you, go in the closet. That's what the Bible said. Go in your closet. Don't let anybody make fun of you for doing this. But go in your closet and look up and say, my hands will bless you today. My mouth will bless you today. My eyes will see what you want me to see today. My ears will hear what you want me to hear today. My mind will take in your goodness today. My heart will be overwhelmed by your joy today. 
I will bless you today. My soul will magnify the Lord today. I do it every morning. I do it every morning. It doesn't take me an hour and a half to plug into Jesus Christ. It just says, hey, I like this boy. He's talking to me early. And he comes down and he blesses me. Get your, get your, get your joy on before you ever walk out the house. Don't let employees determine your day. Don't let a school system determine your day. Don't let a job determine your day. Let God determine your day. I will bless you. Oh, this is the hard part now. Then I want you to sing a song. But pastor, I can't sing. Yes, you can. Make a joyful noise. Make sure that you're in that closet then. Make a joyful noise. I got to let you go. I'm so sorry, but I, I love you so much. I want to talk to you some more. Make a joyful noise. I'll tell you a great song to sing. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. The last time I heard Willie Nelson sing at Coach Darrell Royal's funeral, Willie Nelson's a pretty good singer, but he couldn't even sing. He just talked this song. If Willie Nelson can talk a song, you can talk a song. All right? Don't let Willie out sing you because he just talks his songs now. But sing to him. And then get out of that closet. Go find your Bible. Everybody got a Bible? Go find your Bible and get in the Psalms or get in the Proverbs and read something positive and powerful. And now you've blessed him. Now you've sung to him. Because you see, heaven doesn't have music. We give heaven our music. You've sung to him. He's overjoyed with what you've done. And now you're reading his word. You're taking his word in your heart. And then the last thing before you leave, look down at your feet and say, God, guide these feet today. Walk out that house, get in that car. I promise you, it won't take a double espresso to get you to have joy in your life. You'll have joy in your life. And get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. There's a holy shift coming. There's a shift coming in your life. Some of you are going to have it happen this week. You're going to have it happen this week because God honors the path of righteousness. He honors that. Thank you for listening. For more information about our upcoming events and services, please visit clcaustin.com.